Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to OK Podcast. My name is Hayden. My name's Kamila. And today we are going to be having a very interesting discussion with Toshi, <laughs> aka Dolphy. Yeah. And we're going to be discussing J fashion and makeup, especially since mm-hmm. Dolphy has a very signature makeup look. Mm-hmm. So much so, in fact, that it goes into the merch that she makes. Yeah, I really like all the eye themes and the enamel pins mm-hmm. and different things like that. And some of the future things she's going to be putting out. It's going to be so cool. Uh-huh. She discusses it in the interview. Before that, we're going to be talking about a few things. We had another Kawaii Squad Kawad Day. Yep. I have a very awesome life update. And then we're going to talk about controversial stuff. Ooh, dun, drama, dun, dun. the cheese me. <laughs> God, I haven't heard may used in so long. Ugh. Uh, All right. So recently, it was it was a little bittersweet because our good friend mm-hmm. Bunny, aka Fatty Chan, could not make it to this recent Kawaii Squad. We went out anyway, and it was uh, the mm-hmm. two of us and yep. Jesse and Kamila's husband Simon, mm-hmm. and we went to. The mall, which is, you know, pretty basic, but like so much funner when you're in J fashion. Right. And then also we live more in like Chicago, closer to the city. Chicago proper. Right. And so the mall that we went to is kind of like a big suburb mall. Um, So all the suburban white folks got to look at the freaks for a day. Yeah, exactly. And they had the Too Cool store. Like they have anime and Sanrio merchandise. I was a little sad because the Too Cool store that I was first introduced to, Mm -hmm. it's like a smaller chain, was a little more was a little more than this one, <laughs> basically. They're, they had more overall. So I was a little mm-hmm. disappointed going to this one, but it was fun just being with people. Right, right. And we actually saw another kawaii person just passing by yeah, in the halls. Yeah, We saw her. We were like, oh, we recognize you from Facebook. Hello. Right. <laughs> and it was just funny to be like, see the recognition after like the split second. <laughs> just be right. like, oh. Hey, you're one of us. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. And it was just nice getting together and being cute. Mm-hmm. And we definitely then, got some people being like, what is, what? There was the actually a, and... a younger girl who asked me if she could take pictures of us when we were going into the Lush store, but y'all mm-hmm. were already like 30 feet ahead of uh, me. And I was like, oh, I, I don't, I'm sorry, sorry. we can't. <laughs> and I like ran away. <laughs> we are also going to be doing another, like, actual full kawad meetup mm-hmm. with bunny and Aaliyah, our friend Aaliyah, who yes. is wonderful mm-hmm. and i adore mm-hmm. and we're gonna go to our institute we're gonna mm-hmm. see the andy warhol exhibit it's gonna be great we're gonna be cute i don't know what i'm wearing yet oh what did you wear to the to the kawad day meetup we just did i wore this handmade tiered lolita skirt that i bought in utah years ago and i rarely wear just because it is so loud so poofy it's so loud and so poofy it's not good for casual everyday wear Mm -mm. and it's a little bit hard to coordinate especially because my petticoat is not very good i wore that and my listen flavor twinkle shirt it's a pink 
long sleeve shirt with a star on it. And then I just went all out with my hair and it was <laughs> wonderful. What did you wear, Kamila? I wore chemical romance salopet um, UFO catcher. Yeah, UFO catcher. I don't know if anybody's seen that in the Chinese Lolita updates Facebook page. Kamila and I have an obsession with salopets. Yes. <laughs> Love them so much. I have yet to find one that will fit me, but uh, when I do. <laughs> I really like that one because of the, the pictures with it had like the model with like a bat and like pigtails. And I was like, ooh, ooh, I want to do this. I want to live this person's life. But I have like two different ways that I could wear this. I could wear it really like, okay, I'm trying to be a good little Lolita girl <laughs> and <laughs> wear my blouse and my petticoat. And my fancy red shoes. And then I have another way of wearing it where it's just like, okay, I have angelic pretty red sneakers. sneakers and then I could wear a more of like a t-shirt or something under it and then wear my varsity jacket. So I could wear, yeah, just more casually or more dressed up. So I got fully dressed up in the regular dressed up version. Then I felt like I am not feeling being fancy so uh, i mean we were going to the mall it's valid right right so it's just like you know what i'm gonna take this down so i got my damn it crop top that's like from like hard decora and so i wore that under the salopette and i wore the angelic pretty red sneakers definitely made it more casual it was definitely hard decora yeah definitely hard decora style and then i just thought like oh well next time there's maybe like a tea party you know something more like that then i'll wear the blouse and lolita proper yeah lolita proper right <laughs> bit of a life update for me mm-hmm. i legally got my name change which is so much fun i am officially hayden peter lee Woo! legally it's hayden awesome it's wonderful i am so hyped That's all. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. Controversy time. Controversy. So this has been popping off Mm -hmm. recently. On the Um, Instagrams and the Facebook groups. and (laughs) It's been hot. The tea's been spilled. (laughs) Cut so. It's it's a thing. It's an issue. It's a thing that I wouldn't say it's an issue. Yes. I wouldn't say it's an issue. I would maybe call it an there issue. Were, there were some issues. Yes. It's not ne- like, yeah. It's, it's not, not huge. huge. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but it's definitely still something that I feel It was a notable. Should, I still feel it's something that we should talk about. If you're not familiar, mm-hmm. Cutso is a cosplay-centric sewing pattern company or small yeah. business. Yeah, small business. They also do like some street fashion-y mm-hmm. things. They recently decided to start this and move with this project called Kawaii Cult, which Mm. is about Kawaii J fashion. It came out. The thing that a lot of people were upset about was that the model coordinate shots that they used to advertise were not very J fashion. Mm -hmm. They used cosplayers as their models and not Mm -hmm. J fashion people. And some people felt like 
they weren't expecting what the reality of the outfits were based off of the art promo. Kamila was one of the artists that promoted and collaborated with Cutso. So I'm going to be asking Kamila a few questions and then we're going to be giving our opinions on this whole debacle. Right. I want to add their premise is more like we're trying to make patterns that are easy for like beginner cosplays beginner um sewers to create and put together like that's not intimidating one of the other main issues i forgot to mention sorry was that they used the term menheta for something that was more yummy kawaii it did not have to do with mental health it was Mm -hmm. menheta chan inspired but it was not actual cultural movement of Manhattan inspired so there was a lot of things that people were very upset about in our community and also like maybe the diversity of the models I know that was brought up and also body type type. so Kamila tell us about how you originally got involved with the with the um, thank you you're better at asking yourself questions (laughs) than I am So they were looking for some collaborators. They made like a post on Instagram and someone recommended me in one of the comments. They tagged my Instagram and then I got an email from the person who creates Cutso. So Cutso isn't like some sort of multi-person project. It's just one person that's like the main artist that creates the patterns and then she works with someone else to do kind of like the illustrations for the products the rest of the people that are kind of involved are just like collaborators but temporary people that get involved from time to time yeah she reached out to me and told me about this really cool project which was like white colt and i thought it was a really cool story and idea and she was actually looking for me to be a one of the leaders and she asked me to be the um, Menhera leader. And I was like, uh, I don't really dress in that style often enough for me to, I just felt like uh, it wouldn't be great for me to be that particular leader. Like I've done Medi Kawaii and I've also done like a Menhera outfit. So I'm just like, I don't really feel like I'm a part of that community enough to really take on being like a representative for it and I also didn't really have I guess the time or the goal to kind of be like a more of a take an influencer role just because I want to maybe balance that out more with like oh I want to promote my artwork get Poovathal on this shit right (laughs) yeah exactly so I recommended some other people that you know they might want to get into contact with that dress um, closer to those styles um, on the regular basis what I can do since like my comic just came out and stuff I could do some illustrations of my characters in the patterns that you made or something like that I think some of the characters dress in those different styles and I'll be able to show like oh okay this is how you know they would wear it or some sort of thing like that and kind of do some cross promotion there since there were going to be these separate characters and stuff I thought really it was going to be like they would be pushing those people first because they're like the actual represent the actual story that they're trying to create. And then they would do show my thing in kind of like a separate post that would be like, oh, hey, like, don't forget. Yeah. Like so and so like did some illustrations of, you know, the patterns being worn by these characters. This is a way that you can show style it. it or something like that. 
and then they already had the illustrations that they usually do for their packaging already done by the regular artists that they always use. Mm-hmm. So I went and checked those out to see how does that illustrator usually depict their patterns and from what I've seen their style is a little bit more like cartoony and, and stylized and things like that rather than semi-realistic. semi-realistic or anything like that. My style is more realistic so it would show a little bit differently. They sent me the flats, some photo shoot pictures, and then they also showed me pictures of the clothes on some body forms. What I used mostly were the flats because they had all the details. Like I'm just like, oh, this is what the person's actually going to be looking at to make it. So maybe that's more accurate to use because that's going to have all the details, the front and the back, and whether it has a zipper or something like that. So it's just like, I'll look at that. Certain things looked differently in the pattern than it did when it was on the model, but I kind of just felt like, oh, well, I don't use patterns. (laughs) I don't sew and stuff. So it's just like, well, maybe it's just like you get the pattern and then you make it however you want to make it or something like that. So so that's kind of like my interpretation of the information that was coming to me. So I noticed that the photo shoot, they're not really styled the way that I would style it. The Fairy K one, for example, when I saw the picture of the flats, I was just like, oh, okay, like a sailor jacket and then like a skirt with some ruffles on it. I could see that being something someone would wear for a, a Fairy K outfit or something like that. The photo shoot picture was just like, it wasn't styled, quote unquote, correctly. Were the pictures that you got on the models the same as the ones that ended up getting released? Yes, but it wasn't, I didn't see the Kauai leaders and what they were going to really wear it. So I don't know the the order that these things were going to be put up. And I didn't know what that photo shoot was particularly for. I don't know why there's a separate photo shoot from the Kauai cult leaders, but I was just like, oh, okay, maybe they just need more pictures, more things to put up. I didn't know who else they picked. I assumed that that maybe they would be picking other J fashion people. So I just felt like, oh, well, they're going to wear it and they're going to like style it closer to the style because they will be people from the community or someone who wears it. But this particular photo shoot, I don't know what that's where that's placed within this. Also, I don't know her audience. Um, I know her audience is predominantly cosplayers. Predominantly cosplayers. And maybe those photo shoots were styled in a way that could attract those people more. Maybe that she's trying to like kind of mix up with how some of the cosplayer people would want to wear it or see it. Something that's not too daunting or looking too pink or something like that. So a little just, bit out of their comfort zone. Yeah, out of their comfort zone. I'm just coming in only a few weeks before it comes out. So I'll do it according to my audience And the way that I view my characters, Sour Note, for example, is very much based on 80s retro Fairy K, Spank K. So I'll make her wear something more that's like Fairy K, Spank K. And so I did for the rest of them. Like the Gadu character, I'm like, all right, Hime, their thing is going to fall like this. They'll probably wear it shorter. Do the makeup like this. Have Mm -hmm. the hair like that. I'm going to draw it the way my characters would wear these patterns or use them. Then when it actually debuted, she kind of like debuted it with my pictures first. And I was kind of like, oh, all right, I I guess. But it kind of throws a lot of things together, which Mm -hmm. was like, okay, my picture. And then sometimes the second picture would be one of the cult leader things. But they might not have gotten all the cult leader pictures in yet. Maybe they didn't want to put them out like Mm -hmm. that yet. 
I thought they were going to show all of the like official stuff like these are the models for this this is the pattern for this this is that and then show my this is st- how you can style it right, to or, BJ fashion or show my illustrations just later as an aside like oh also keep the excitement going like this person made some illustrations some fan art of our you know patterns and her characters and stuff together I was just like oh okay you put my thing first hope that doesn't confuse anybody (laughs) into thinking they did do a long paragraph describing things but you know people on social media they won't be trying to read Mm -mm. (laughs) (laughs) ain't nobody got time for that some people did get confused and think that my illustrations were the concept and then this is what they made yes or that is what I came in expecting yeah and so that's not what it was I came in at the tail end to make some promotional stuff they did show the ones that were probably going to be on the packaging by that point I think it probably got some confusion so I think that also brought up like oh well why don't the the leaders look like these characters Mm -hmm. someone did ask that on Instagram and I responded being like oh well my artwork came later so they had already you know planned out everything and then mine was just promotional it wasn't meant to look like my characters Mm -hmm. and I think there was confusion on like how the things were styled in the photo shoots I don't think that those were fitting the styles not at all. Um, <laughs> I was also like taken aback by like, oh man, this has like gotten really bad backlash because they first put out my pictures of the things and no one was really saying anything. They were just like, oh yeah, that's cool, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And then when those preliminary photo shoots that weren't the Kauai leader came out, then people were just like, what the fuck is this shit, Charles? <laughs> <laughs> Like, everyone started, like, getting, like, mad upset. And I'm just like, oh, wow. I was just watching the responses because I don't know their audience. They've collaborated with some J Fashion, like, models and stuff before. Like Cy Bunny? Yeah, like Cy Bunny. And usually Cy Bunny is able to, like... I think it's like a lot about the styling and like what she brings to to making the pattern. So she'll remake it and then it'll be like, oh, okay, I use like these neon pastel colors and then I have like the makeup and like the right accessories mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And, and they can kind of like take something that maybe wasn't like the perfect fairy cave pattern, but it'll look all together like, yeah, you can do you can use that for this. Whereas like without that sort of collaboration, I think it felt it fell flat mm-hmm. because of that, that lack of like having the actual J fashion person involved with at least the photo shoots part of the thing. So So when I originally started seeing the Facebook posts about this issue i didn't realize that like cutso had released like the official like oh they are released now uh, oh, posts okay so i was like wait what's happening oh god no kamila kamila <laughs> and i like i started flipping out because i'm like i got really worried for you i was like oh my god like kamila's dead oh my god <laughs> so killed her um but I was worried that like this, I, and I'm glad that it didn't, but I was worried mm-hmm. that it was like going to affect your brand. And I was right. scared. I was genuinely really, really scared. And I was going into the Facebook comments with like pitchfork in hand, yeah, ready to stab like... anyone who is like, well, Kamila Hardikora did this. And right, I was gonna yeah, be like, like Kamila <laughs> also made the patterns. And I'm just like, what? No. <laughs> I was like, Kamila's perfect. Leave her alone. <laughs> I, was gonna... I wasn't involved. <laughs> I got really scared, but I'm glad I didn't come 
come to that. Thank you, Kawaii community, for leaving the artists out of it. Kamala didn't make it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just made some fan art. <laughs> um, I, I have three points. Mm-hmm. One of them is uh, the difference in expectations because your art pieces did come before the official right pattern release yeah and i think that caused you know the kawaii community to think oh this is like a j fashion focused only pattern right like it was j fashion focused yeah but i do think we need to keep in mind the cut so audience the usual cut so audience like they have done like alternative fashion a bowl patterns in the past but that is not their main focus like Mm -hmm. they they've done the adventure zone cosplays before Mm -hmm. like we are not their primary audience and i think that releasing your art first really Mm -hmm. amped up the kawaii community's expectations and we're like oh shit this is gonna be nuts this is gonna be rad right and like i feel that the photo shoot was not good it wasn't good in reflecting kawaii fashion Mm -hmm. and if they weren't trying to reflect kawaii fashion necessarily then they did a good job it was really cool artful pieces right but if they were trying to reflect the roots of their inspiration then it was not good and i wasn't when i just i just get these photos and i'm like oh okay so they're not trying to do that so yeah so it was so off the mark that i just felt like oh that's not that's not their goal. They must and not be their And I don't think goal. that was <laughs> successfully communicated right. with their audiences. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I do I think it's still doable? Yes. Yeah, I think you, you could still... still fudge it into different kawaii fashion. Right. But the photo shoot that they showed did not reflect the source material. Thirdly, I think that the source material that she used wasn't the best. For example, she ended up going back and changing the name Manheta for her Manheta-inspired pattern to be Irio, which means like healthcare or um, treatment, which is good because she was trying to invoke Yami Kawaii, Mea Kawa, and not Manheta. I think that her source material was bad because she is familiar with Yami Kawaii under the guise of Manheta with mm-hmm. Manheta-chan right. and Izaki Bisco. We, as a Western society, can better look at Izaki Bisco and his artwork and recognize that it's not necessarily actual Menheta as a cultural push. Right. Where that is where Menheta came from. Mm-hmm. And I don't think she understood that. She, I don't think that she understood Menheta as like a fashion is intrinsically tied to a cultural movement within Japan. And it is inseparable. Right. And I think the color choices for the item was not in good taste. She chose when she made the physical item to make it red and white, which is more denotes a nurse sort of thing. Medikawa. Yeah. Then like the color schemes, like usually when I think of Menhera, I'm mostly thinking about like the Kuya, Asumi sort of thing. Pink, purple, black. Mm-hmm. Um, something like that. Like, I always go off of her artwork. <laughs> I don't I, know what they're doing. <laughs> I just don't think that she understood the source material. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes into my fourth point, which is it doesn't seem like she conferred well enough with the right. Kauai community. Mm-hmm. I think she may have thought that she understood it all. Right. But 
we know that it takes years of being in this community to understand. I mean, I've been in this community for five years. Yeah. There is still stuff that I'm learning. Me too. And like, <laughs> we're veterans and we yeah. know our shit, but we still don't know all the shit. Right. And assuming she is a novice at this, yeah, to all of a sudden go from zero to 100 real fast, you're going to have some issues. Right. And I don't think she conferred with the Kauai community yeah. well enough or realized how I don't know how big of a thing she was really taking on the, yeah to capture each style like blood out like I'm just like okay like maybe like if I was gonna do something like that I'm just like okay well let's just start with the fairy cave pattern and then see how it goes I don't even think she realized how important this stuff is to us as a community right and reaching these different communities yes because like say if i want to do like hard decor comes out with a garu release i have to be active in that garu community that community is totally separate from the fairy cake community and Mm -hmm. the decor community and And we we communicate in different ways yeah we communicate in different ways so it's really like it's really different it's not just the harajuku fashion community and then we're just all together like talking together and stuff like that we're really like kind of separated into these subgroups i think that people like actually being dicks and jerks and asswads yeah what the hell right calm down but i also don't think she realized how big of a bite she pulled off Mm -hmm. and she could not chew it she was gonna invoke the scrutiny Mm -hmm. of our community yeah because there's a lot of shit thrown at us yeah and because of that we are very cautious of outsiders and Mm -hmm. i don't think she realized that and like i don't think she was prepared for such scrutiny do i think cut so should go down no. no. She's human. She's mm-hmm. one person and she's human. In fact, I'm probably going to go and get some of the patterns and see how they actually turn out. Because mm-hmm. we don't know until we actually try it. I would like to do a review on how they actually work in kawaii fashion. Right. Because right. I don't think that the photos did it justice. Mm-hmm, and me I, too. I want to give this a fighting chance, especially because... She's a small business owner. Right. I think some of the people got a, the wrong um, impression of, like, Cutso in general. They thought, like, look at this big cosplay pattern company coming in to, like, try to profit off of our thing and then do it wrong. Like, that's not where she's coming from and that's not how the company is. It's still just one person, just like me and just like Otaku and you just know. like us yeah just like us so she she wasn't really coming from that sort of angle and it wasn't as as wrong as it could be like it wasn't like uh she, oh. came, <laughs> she came out with like a, a fairy a fairy cape pattern where the person was like all right so I made a I'm fairy a li- outfit and I'm a Lolita right I'm a living doll Lolita <laughs> right and then like I have like fairy wings and like a little like fairy steampunk <laughs> like yeah like so I'm just like I've seen stuff that's been like very wrong or Lolita being portrayed as like a mate more of a maid outfit sexy outfit sort of thing so I'm just like the photo shoot was not correct at all, but some minor tweaks or whatever, I think it could still fit the thing. You got to have that nuance. And to know that, you would have to be working closely with someone. Mm-hmm. So those are our opinions. It's a lot to digest. Yeah. So let's take a quick break. Go on over to our monthly Patreon commercial. Ooh. Uh-huh. 
Hey y'all, it's Hayden. It's Kamala. We talked a bit about how OK Podcast is a labor of love for us. Yes. Neither of us get paid to create this content, and we make it because it's important and we love to do it. Yeah, doing this podcast does take a lot of time and a bit of money, though. Because of that, we would like to tell you about our Patreon. If you become a monthly Patreon at any level, you'll get to contribute questions to our monthly guests. And if you donate at the $3 a month level, you'll gain access to our bonus patron content, which has special interviews with our guests. Like what it's like to be in a garusa, switching styles, and tips on modeling in Japan. There's absolutely no obligation to become a patron whatsoever, but we would greatly appreciate it. So thank you so much, and now back to the show. Woo! So right now we are with Toshi, a.k.a. Dolphy. I'm sure y'all are quite familiar with mm-hmm. their work, uh, their signature makeup style. They were on Hooked on the Look, correct? Yeah, I've been on, like, Hooked on the Look, I guess Barkoff, some German thing. I was on TLC, Love Lost Run. Oh, um, I wasn't aware of that one. Yeah, that was probably the first one. They made me look normal. Um, but Disgusting. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually... Um, very transformative and like dramatic in my personal life so wow (laughs) and you want i can talk about that later yeah of course and disgusting i mean by like making being made to look normal is (laughs) not you not them just normal normalcy Yeah, it was interesting. (laughs) Um, All right. So, Toshi, the first question that we have for you in regards to, like, J-Fashion overall is, uh, how did you originally get into J-Fashion? So, how I originally got into J-Fashion was, I guess, kind of a cute origin story that most of us have. I grew up in a really small town where it was just, like, really conservative, like, kind of like farmland, mostly, like farmland and forest and, like, not much else. Can I ask what state it was? Yeah, I grew up in Schwenksville, Pennsylvania. Schwenksville? <laughs> so I like that name. knows where that is, yeah. <laughs> and I kind of moved around as a kid a lot, too, so it was like I would be, like, in Schwenksville and then in Connecticut and then back in Pennsylvania. Like, I moved mm-hmm. around a bunch. I-, I didn't really click with a lot of people anyway just because I was, like – you know, weirdo artist type. But my dad on the weekends would love to take us to the bookstores because we thought that was fun because we're nerds. I know that feeling. <laughs> my, brother, right. my mom would yeah. always take me and my sister to the bookstore to get us out of the house for like hours. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It was like, please leave the house. No, please get off the computer. No, I'll go like we can go look at manga. Like, OK. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I was always a huge nerd, like, into, like, manga and anime and stuff, so I was looking at manga one day, and I remember I found Fruits Magazine. Ta-da, everyone, Fruits Magazine. So I was, like, nine years old, I think, and how I used to dress was two different shoes, two different colors of striped stockings, (laughs) and, like, this (laughs) this one pink tutu that I wore every day, so it was, like, fucking tattered, Uh and, like... (laughs) oversized baggy t-shirts and like belts across my chest cat ears whatever just like really weird gross goth fairy kid (laughs) so like when I found Fruits Magazine I remember just looking at it and being like holy shit like there are people that look like me that dress like me like what the fuck like it just blew my mind and I was so like Mm -hmm. inspired but felt so like seen and acknowledged 
and like, oh my God, maybe I could have friends one day. <laughs> like actual, <laughs> like acquaintances or yeah. whatever. Like you friends know, like that I felt work, really that share the same passion as you. Yeah, yeah. Like the flame was ignited. I was like, oh my God. Like I still remember that moment being like, wow, like there's a place in the world for me. Um, so yeah, Fruits Magazine when I was nine years old, sitting on the floor at Barnes and Noble. <laughs> I didn't even know they carried fruits back then. Yeah, yeah. I never found it. Yeah. Oh, man, how lucky. With that sort of beginning, how would you describe your style today? Beginning with fruits and stuff. So I was thrown into like, I guess, seeing a bunch of different styles. But Mm -hmm. um, what stuck out the most was like 6% Doki Doki and like Mm -hmm. Decora and Lolita. Those were my first big like inspirations and influences. Mm -hmm. But I was still mostly like goth and like a fairy forest creature (laughs) and I didn't have any money like I was a kid you know so almost all of my stuff was thrifted or secondhand or like I would literally find it in the trash like stuff like that and um, honestly that's still a lot of my favorite things 20 years later however long (laughs) that was dang I just turned 26. Wait, cool. can you do math for me? If I was nine and I'm 26 now, how long have I been doing this? Hayden, help. <laughs> I'm oh, gay. I can't do math. <laughs> no. Hey, I'm going to find a calculator. Uh, it's probably what fucking 26 minus nine. 17 years. Wow. Wow, yeah. So over 17 years of being a freak, <laughs> I, I love to mix thrifted stuff with the more designer brand Mm -hmm. stuff that I have a lot of my friends wink are designers (laughs) themselves (laughs) you know feel free to plug yeah yeah so I guess I'm a mix of indie designer art piece fashion meets trash panda (laughs) (laughs) done up in a different way every day I guess but like my my heart's goth but I I feel cute sometimes (laughs) I definitely see the mixture uh we kind of joke about it saying kawaii because kawaii means scary Scary. and kawaii is cute yeah so kawaii like creepy cute pretty much is how I like to describe it sometimes I dig it and what was your makeup journey like before J Fashion? Oh my god. Or even during oh, J Fashion, like when you started. when you first got into makeup, take us on that journey. Yeah, it was a painful painful one full of self-hatred and embarrassment, mm-hmm. but not realizing that until afterwards. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I mean, it's always been a very like meditative, self-explorative type of thing. I think a lot of it did come from a lot of self-hatred as a kid, but then as I grew and learned to, one, use the skills, but like be like, oh, cool, I can change. Let me use that as self-expression mm-hmm. versus covering myself up or hiding right, or yeah. something. Like, let me literally do the opposite and like put myself more forward with it. Recently, after I discovered fruits and things like that, you know, I really started to play with my style. So then when I was like 10 or so, I found sky blue lipstick. I think it was like at a friend's house, like playing dress up and I stole it from her or something. (laughs) My mom was like, you know, I let you wear all this crazy stuff like makeup. No, you're too young for makeup. And Mm -hmm. it's like, one of the only bad things I've ever done was I wore (laughs) I wore lipstick when my mom told me not to. (laughs) I took to school and I wore a sky blue lipstick to school. 
in elementary school and I forgot to take it off before she came and picked me up. Oh no. I got in trouble and I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I think that was one of my first like rebellious acts of like, I don't care what you think. This is how I want to represent myself. I'm going to do it. Right. I mean, if we thought of makeup as an art rather than like a, this is to, supposed to cover up imperfections and or everything like that. Someone. Or seduce someone. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we would be able to wear makeup earlier. You know, it's just like face paint, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a lot of like weird sexualization and mm-hmm. like weird ideas that go into it. Um, I, I think that's changing now, mm-hmm. um, at least within the arts community. I've actually done makeup on quite a few like really young kids who like their parents bring them to festivals or something mm-hmm. like that. I actually, I was working Life is Beautiful music festival and yeah. um, I do the Glitter Girl station. So I get all done up in a look and then it's pretty much like a like glorified face painting. Like right, we were sponsored right. by Mac. So we had all this really nice Mac like glitter and paint and lipstick Ooh. and eyeshadow and stuff. <laughs> There was this little girl and she was like super goth and like her cool mom brought her and I was like, oh my God, you're me. And And I was like, if you start right now, you'll be better than me, kid. And she was like, wow. But I like gave her the tears and glitter. And I was like, hey, do you want glitter? And she's like, no. But then once she saw like the tears and stuff, she was like, wait, yeah, I want glitter. blue lipstick I was like ah, I like almost cried <laughs> we like took a photo together and stuff it was really awesome so I think I think times are changing especially when it comes to kids so were there any like big milestones for you in terms of makeup I would say I think a lot of us mm-hmm. who are like afab in the I don't know alt fashion mm-hmm. scene when we're younger we always have that like scene makeup phase and then like we get into like more typical makeup like Michelle Fawn what were those like phases for you? Um, yeah, I mean, for sure. I definitely had a scene phase that was glorious. Um, I didn't actually ever listen to like scene music or anything. I just love the aesthetic. So same with how I would research like Decora and Lolita, like mm-hmm. hours and hours just on Google going down rabbit holes and like on YouTube, like before YouTube was like actually anything like watching mm-hmm. these shitty homemade videos that people would do of like how they would style their scene hair and how to do makeup and stuff. And I remember when I first would find like the how to do dolly eyes or stuff like that. And when I found, um, I think it was in like middle school, I found like Pop Teen magazine was huge and for me seeing all the like Yaru and like Ilzang style Mm -hmm. makeup like back in the day from the 90s, how they would do that. I just thought that was so fascinating how they would really dramatically change their face shape. Right. But especially having it still be on like natural looking makeup. I thought that was really cool and powerful. But I still didn't really I didn't really wear makeup to look pretty. Like I definitely had those phases where like I couldn't find any powder light enough. So I would like have freaking orange skin and white Mm. neck. But a big moment for me was um, I was like 14 or 15 and I, you know, still didn't have any friends at school, was bullied, et cetera, et cetera. But I got this letter in the mail saying like, oh, try out for this pageant. 
like a beauty pageant and I was like I wanted to do it like I had I always wanted to be like a a performer like I wanted to be an idol (laughs) you know like since I was young but I was like so shy and so introverted and so like stage fright and all that but I knew I had this like performer spirit like burning within me I I wanted to do this dumb pageant thing it was obviously a scam and I think my mom (laughs) knew that (laughs) She's always been really supportive, which I'm super lucky of. And um, she actually took me to the mall. And, like, we tried on, like, dresses and stuff. And she took me to the makeup counter. And that was, like, one of the only times I've ever had my makeup done. I don't mm-hmm. like when people touch my face, except for, like, I can list the five people I'm okay with uh-huh. doing my makeup. I was in the makeup counter. And I remember it was, like... It was the NARS makeup counter and it was like this gorgeous woman of color who was so cute and she had her hair in like those pom-poms and like Mm -hmm. I would wear my hair in the two pom-pom style a lot too. So Mm -hmm. it already was like, oh my God, we wear our hair the same way. Like this girl is so (laughs) cute and like she had her makeup really cute and like she just got it when she saw me. It was like, I know exactly what to do on you. Like you like color, right? And I was like, yeah, because I was like goth, but like. With my yeah, pink like a colorful garment. goth, you know, bubblegum goth. Or... <laughs> yeah, she actually did. Um, she did my foundation right, and she used. She's like, "Honey, you need this color, and it's called snow." And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." She gave me snow powder, and the blush is called Exhibit A, and it's a fucking bright ass red orange blush. And she did two big like dolly cheek kind of, but really soft and blended and beautiful, and mm-hmm. um, bright blue and neon green sparkly eyeshadow and it like I had never seen myself like that and I never felt like that I guess like that beautiful and like graceful yet interesting Mm -hmm. I was always like punk grunge goth scary interesting I didn't know that you could express it in like a kind of softer way oh my god I'm gonna cry (laughs) it's such a beautiful memory though NARS lady you changed my life (laughs) so that was a huge milestone and it's funny actually because now that I think about it the people who do do my makeup that I'm Mm -hmm. like comfortable doing makeup on me is usually people of color or like trans Mm -hmm. folk or drag queens when a like cis or white or whatever person does it I feel like they just don't kind of get it Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. So how did you come up with your signature style from all of those phases? Like, what were your inspirations? After being like a grungy, weird art scene kid for a while, I got my first makeup job when I was like 17 or 18 at Penhurst Asylum, which is like a haunted attraction. Oh, yeah. I I was confused for a moment. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's actually really famous. It actually is haunted. And if you study Penhurst, it's like a really fucked up place. I had to stop working there because just emotionally, I couldn't deal with the thought of like somewhere where so many horrible things happened is an amusement attraction now. But it was really special at the time. And I love haunts. I just Mm -hmm. think I want to work in like a fully fabricated haunted place and like go to haunted places to like pay respect and like talk to spirits. But like Mm. being a haunt actress in a place where there's so many spirits of like sad children was like painful. But anyway, you don't have to talk about that part. Um, So I'm working at Penner's Asylum and I go in for my makeup audition. They're like, oh, yeah, cool. You're good. And then they're like, can you act? And I was like, or can you do anything weird? And I was like, I can do this. And I did a backbend and I can like fully sit on my head. Like I'm a contortionist just naturally. Mm -hmm. So I like flip over and like go in this really 
twisted uh, position and they're like, holy shit, you're hired. So wild. I was, I was like, what? And they're like, you're line entertainment. And I was like, what? <laughs> they gave me this dress and they're like, I don't know, do whatever you want. And I was like, okay. So I just kind of was myself, but exaggerated. So my first character, I guess, of like the the Toshi that is the exaggerated character persona version. I yeah. feel like she really evolved there. And I was a broken doll. So that's when I really uh. started to try like the big eye thing. And I would like glue the other lashes underneath. I would wear like really long feather lashes and I would do the blood tears and put sprinkles in them, <laughs> which is something that I've always wanted to revisit. So that was really fun. So like developing that character along with the makeup was really fun because it was like a signature thing. But then um, getting the reactions from the people like it would be like, you know, a huge crowd, like thousand people. And I'm like way over here, like up on a thing. And they're taking flash photos of me at night. My eyes look giant and glowing and terrifying from like far away, you know. So I love the impact that it had on there. And so that really affected the way that I contoured my face and everything was specifically for theatrical haunt lighting, which mm -hmm. then has, I think, influenced my entire career and my personal style. You know, the really accentuated cheekbones, like doing the, the shadow along the neck and the eye shape and whatnot mm -hmm. it's just gotten like more cat-like and more like imagine being like a, a creature coming out of the darkness has <laughs> <laughs> very much been like uh one of my big inspirations I guess and like the the vibe that I want to communicate wow that's kind of like what we were talking about in like the previous episode about I was just gonna egos, say like helping you with your style and uh, giving you a direction uh, yeah. yeah like I said I was listening to a few episodes of your podcast and I feel like a lot of us in this scene or just not even in the scene just artists and alternative people in mm -hmm. general like we just all kind of do the same thing and we express ourselves in very similar ways like we grow and transform and experiment and like find all these different versions of ourselves that we just have to express and I don't even really talk about it much anymore but um you know I started as an artist like drawing and painting and having like all these OCs and like for a while I thought I had like multiple personalities and I call them like personas now mm -hmm. because I realized like I don't think it's that extreme and I do somewhat have control over it and whatnot but you know like it ties into mental health as well mm -hmm. of like what the fuck is happening to my brain because sometimes I couldn't remember what another persona would do and I was like oh that was milky that wasn't me I think also it's like as a non-binary fluid person like I have two personas that are male that are like pretty prominent in my life but it's like mm -hmm. they're more just voices in my head and feelings Mm -hmm. So this year, I actually really want to start exploring that and like going out in, I guess I would call it drag, but not really just like going out as a male persona. Like, yeah, I really want to or one of that. the parts of yourself. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, it's like just been a very personal Mm -hmm. mental thing for me so far um but yeah. now I think I'm finally like comfortable with that right um, you don't want to suppress natural emotions yeah. you know yeah and I feel that a lot of people in the 
J-fashion community have those similar roots where like we all had our deviant art days of making our OCs (laughs) by just screen yes just screenshotting Sonic (laughs) and then like coloring it differently in MS Paint I think we all have like those Mary Sue Gary Stu OC days but I feel like they've developed with us I'm honestly surprised with how many people I find that have like oh yeah I try to channel this persona when Mm -hmm. I dress up or when I go out like it gives me strength and it helps me power through the day and I was really Mm -hmm. surprised to see that like we all kind of have the same mindset in a lot of ways yeah and I think um because I'm I definitely consider myself like Manhara Mm-hmm. kind of girl like mental health is so important to me just myself and yeah I see you wearing that poo with hell <laughs> people in my life are like highly affected by that so it's really near and dear to my heart so I think modern society calls it like a coping mechanism but I'm like right. no that's a way to like explore ourselves and process and express that like I think it's healthy Like, as long as you're expressing and not covering it up more, you know. Literally wearing your heart on your sleeve, you know. Yeah. Just, like, changing with the moods. Yeah, like, literally doing that. Like I was saying earlier, like, when I was on that TLC show, it's like a a make-under show, they called it. This happened, maybe I was 20. I was, like, 19 or 20. Oh, wow. And when I was finally, like, getting a little popular on Instagram, and I was Mm -hmm. like... I'm a living doll and like I was really <laughs> like, I would wear petticoats and a corset and a wig every day like do the doll makeup every day like mm-hmm. hardcore into it doing that show was actually like it was like three days and it was like better than like all the years of therapy I'd ever tried mm. to do wow because really, I had identified so much with that persona as me yeah that I had like not really developed like my actual self yeah like kind of lost yourself in it yeah and like in the actual show they cut it all out and like make it just like some dumb bullshit but like what actually (laughs) happened during filming was really great kudos to Stacey London she really is a great psychologist behind fashion and the way people do Mm. things and stuff I love Stacey London so much (laughs) (laughs) I hated her so much and I was like fuck that lady but after spending time with her, I, she like broke my brain so that I could put it back together. Like, you know, she she made me really think about it. Like, I like never really watched TV or anything. So like, I kind of knew who she was. So I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do this thing, I guess. Breaking down that character. Now I'm so much more comfortable going out in like no makeup or like a very casual look or like a nice, clean, all black look or just like, you know, something very simple mm-hmm. and just pieces putting that together versus like all of the everything at once like more is more I didn't I don't think I curated my stuff really well so Mm. honestly doing that show I think made me a better artist because it made me think of like why am I putting these pieces with Mm -hmm. these other pieces made me think about the balance of things and made me realize like what is too much it actually helped me develop my doll style like a lot better which Mm -hmm. is cool wow I breaking it down kind of like you have to know the rules in order to break, to break them. them right it was kind of like that I totally understand that like because there's kind of like a lifestyle pressure of just like well you have to do this every day in order to prove that you're the lifestyle because when people ask you about it they're just like oh do you dress like this every day and it's kind of like 
well, I just say yes. Yeah, right. I mean, like to you, it's gonna look like I dress exactly like this every day. But there's different like levels and Mm -hmm. stages, and just like anybody else who wears clothes, it's like not every day you're wearing a club dress and you're all done up. Yeah, you know. Sometimes you have (laughs) sloppy days, right? And maybe my sloppy days look a little bit more colorful Uh than your sloppy days, but exactly. (laughs) You know. um like a really important thing to realize um because like I said I like didn't have confidence for a while and um lifestyle but it's so extreme and so costumey so when I was learning to dress in more casual styles um and I've noticed a lot especially in New York being such a workaholic holy Mm. shit it's like you need to just be efficient and cute Mm -hmm. and easy and comfortable oh my Mm -hmm. god becoming comfortable has been an entirely new (laughs) lifestyle for me people on the street stopping me almost more frequently when I'm in an extremely casual outfit Mm. when I'm like I literally did not try I did just throw this together and people still stopping me and saying wow you have great style okay cool I do have credit to be in the fashion world or whatever like really good style yeah consistently literal pajamas are a cool outfit in someone's opinion then great (laughs) (laughs) working in the beauty industry is awesome because they encourage creativity they encourage Mm -hmm. you to look cool especially in new york it's like you know you attract your own clientele right and they want you to look cool so i get to dress however i want but you know still wanting to be professional and utilitarian and whatever Mm -hmm. finding clothes that are like easy to work in but look cool, but still look pretty professional, put together right. has been a really great journey as well. Instead of just like corsets and tutus. And I do wear platforms every day, but mm-hmm. like learning which platforms work for me and things like that. And working within the limitations of like getting panic attacks really easily. Also, that's been like a new thing to um, like dealing with anxiety is like, you know, like before right. it's like, I would have to like, go in the bathroom and like rip off all of my clothes and be like uh so like just pre-planning and knowing like okay cool if I wear this this is how I can get it off or Mm -hmm. I won't need to take it off because I'll feel comfortable in it you know having those like tactile things that make me happy or feel comfortable like I think good pockets or like a good harness thing or like a good buckle Mm -hmm. I really like and I've been building my collection of like lingerie as normal clothes because like wearing the soft flowy comfortable very breathable stuff really makes me feel good and elegant and beautiful and very comfortable that's the reason why like you know Lolita has really influenced me but I could never really wear it because it's just so much and it takes up so Mm. much space and it's it's very hot and things like that so restrictive yeah yeah that's another thing of like self-awareness like and self-care you know like knowing what's going to be good for you and what's not so what were some of those like hurdles or light bulb moments that you've had when coming up with your signature style you said that you had that moment with um the makeup artist at the pageant show who really helped you get into this colorful style what other moments were there if any or what hurdles did you go through um, when trying to come up with this style along the way? Well, I never actually did the pageant. I think it was all fake, but <laughs> I did get to have it done. I always have done like the 
tears kind of thing. And what I used to just take an eyeliner pencil and just like smudge it down my face and be like, blah, I do cry a lot. Oh, mood. Yeah, like as an emo person or, you know, with chronic depression and just a lot of feelings in general, I get very overwhelmed. I like kind of hold it all in and then I'll be like, ah! or I'll just like cry randomly. Um, it depends. Anyway, I'm a Scorpio and a <laughs> cancer. So it's like water signs everywhere. Finding waterproof makeup, like in my makeup face, like I can full on have a meltdown and it'll be fine, which is something I'm very proud of. Um, <laughs> finding the tears as like my signature thing. And I like to think of that more as my creativity or my spirit leaking out of me rather than sadness. So it's like, they're not sad tears. It's just like, I have too many thoughts and I have to put them on my face and I hate talking, you know? That was a huge realization for me, I think. Like realizing like, oh, I can convey emotion and I can get things across to people and I won't have to speak. Like, that's amazing. That's my favorite thing. So that was really important to me. Like I said, I used to draw and paint and things like that. So like Mm -hmm. being able to turn myself into one of those characters that I would draw all the time was more transformative as well. That's another big milestone. Working professionally, too, I think was very validating and, you know, just learning about the medium and about skin and being able to help other people feel beautiful and see themselves in different ways and transforming other people as well has been so validating and satisfying and honestly awesome like I love it I love helping people feel cool or bring out something that they can't bring out in themselves that's probably one of my favorite things about the medium hurdles and difficulties um I mean definitely early on before I moved to New York like just getting told tone it down tone it down tone it down and learning how to use the makeup learning what works building my kit like you know i feel like i've finally finally after after my entire life i have a kit that i'm like yes this is it i know what to do with these products i have the mm-hmm. my brushes i know what works and whatever so now like it's exciting when i find a new type of product because it's like i can do something with it that my other things can't do Like, I think finding the minimal amount of things that can get you there in, like, the simplest way. Like, being able to make something really amazing, like, with very simple products, I guess. The whole fucking learning process, life, looking so dumb and bad for so long, (laughs) you know, like... I'm sure to someone it looked cool, but, you know, when I look back, I'm just like, ooh, like cringy, love it. Um. We kind of touched on it. We were kind of going into the themes that you like to suggest through your makeup look with like tears Mm -hmm. being a visual representation of like the sadness you're feeling. What other emotions do you like to present or themes do you like to get a hold of in your makeup? You know, the tears started as sadness or just held in feelings. Not necessarily sadness, but um, actually it's funny because I learned this phrase from Tokyo Mew Mew in the opening theme song. (laughs) She says, um, afureru kimochi, which is like overflowing with feelings. And so I think that's like what my tears really represent is just like, so many feelings built up that they spill out. And then transformation, I've always considered myself, I'm like a a fairy changeling spirit 
trapped in a doll's body. But like that's how my body can move is like I'm brought to life with magic and glamour. The magic that Faye use is called glamour and they're all like shapeshifters and whatnot. Mm. So that's where I'm from. That's what my special skill is. I can't physically do that type of magic in this dimension. So I will do it with artwork. Yeah, I think like just being able to be that changeling shapeshifter and become whatever I want is really important and expressing those different feelings. And I remember one day I was just so, so pissed and so like evil and angry at my one ex. And it was like, uh, you know, the Balrog from Lord of the Rings. It's this giant fucking fire demon monster thing that like just comes out of the mines of Moria and is like this volcano demon thing that like fucks up everyone's day. Um, so <laughs> that's like one of my personas as well. So I was channeling that, but like in a beautiful, classy vampire mm-hmm. bitch kind of way. And that actually seems to be a look that a lot of people um, are drawn to. So I think like being able to be so many different in intense is important and you know represent each of these extreme things but then come across differently and feel more powerful and act more powerful and walk in a different way and carry myself in a different way when wearing these looks I think that's important pent-up feelings physically wanting to channel a different kind of power Mm. or become a different kind of energy yeah it's overflowing feelings expressing strong emotions I mean I guess that means the same thing definitely touch on mental health subjects but definitely tying that like extreme cute and extreme twistedness Mm -hmm. like I almost like a little bit of like an arrow vibe to some of my things because it's like accidentally sexy like (laughs) I'm not trying to be sexy or seductive like I almost want you to be uncomfortable for finding me attractive (laughs) or something like I love that kind of twisted thing I'm aroused but I don't know if I should be Just like, I have the weirdest boner right now. <laughs> like that meme I love. I'm just like, uh, I really like just like, what the fuck? And like, like when I'm thinking of it in an artistic kind of way, like I like to kind of make people think, but I don't really do many things on purpose. I just do them according to my feelings and my thoughts. Like a lot of my outfits, I don't plan. I just kind of put them on or I, I like to touch things and look at colors and when I'm doing my makeup I really just I I'm just touching my face and I'm just absorbing what I'm wearing or where I'm going like feeling that vibe and letting the colors choose themselves and happen kind of organically yeah a lot of it just grows and happens on its own so I'm just letting whatever creature needs to come out that day happen So what do you suggest to others trying to find their signature makeup style? I know you went through a tremendous journey to get to where you are now and all the different elements of your style, like have a lot of meaning. Um, Where do you think someone would start with that? Would they start with like, okay, like finding their meanings and their themes or finding an alter ego or yeah, where would you suggest someone start? Okay, so... (laughs) what I think would really help with anyone learn how to use the medium before you try to use it to convey your feelings Mm. Um, I think this is what I didn't do I I learn everything the hard way (laughs) so trying to express those things in a medium that I wasn't familiar with 
was almost torturous, you know, because Mm. it was like, it would just make me feel uglier or feel more like Mm. a failure or not right. Like this wasn't the thing that I wanted. This isn't who I want to be if I didn't know how to do it correctly. So study, um, learn, practice, try and fail so many times, just practice, practice, but learn. Practice makes permanent. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make perfect. So always be studying, always be learning, always look into things that are new, step out of the kawaii J fashion world. I think just art and life and just everything in general, try to become a very well-versed, well-rounded person as much as you can. And I think that's going to kind of make your style the most you and the most you know unique and anyone who's like quote unquote popular it's like they're just celebrating who they are and they're just being their authentic selves so it kind of makes me upset when people are like oh how do you get so many followers or whatever and it's like girl I just do my thing you know so just know that it's painful know that it's a journey know that it's a process but be willing to do it anyway, you so know, and put that up like, to yourself. Yeah, feeds into our our last question, which was about like, what do you suggest to those who want to innovate in J fashion makeup? And I think what you're talking about going outside of J fashion, kawaii style makeup and living your life and having different experiences and pulling from from there and those interests can definitely rejuvenate your style. Like, what do you think about that? I wrote this question down because I feel like the J fashion or at least the kawaii J fashion mm-hmm. community is stagnating a bit. And I think makeup is a good way to help innovate and help people get out of J fashion mm-hmm. funks. I feel that there's like certain makeup trends that are in our own community and following those trends is good and like if you like those things that's great but like what do you suggest to those people who are like you know I want to do something different now I don't want to like do the same thing I just I want to try something different but it can be really hard for people to figure out what exactly they want to do before you try and dig too deep in it I mean if people want to stay within like the kawaii world and the J fashion world if we're mainly talking about that probably one of my favorite things is when People incorporate their own culture or upbringing into their style. Like, Kamila, when you wear, like, the braids, like, with the Lolita Decora outfit, it's, like, three different things mixed into one, and it's awesome. Or, like, you know, when Mexican girls, like, incorporate the headpieces Mm -hmm. and things, a culture that is really part of your identity or your upbringing, putting that into it. Or another one of my friends who did Decora stuff for a while would use her personal childhood toys as part of her items. Like, I still have that Exhibit A, NARS blush, you Mm -hmm. know, and that kind of always brings me back to my childhood. You know, if you want to keep it like kawaii style or J fashion, whatever, think about like, what did you absolutely love about it to begin with? Maybe twist it with something else that you really love or that is really deep and important to you. And then also living in New York, it's like, I know, I know goth people. I know like underground art, weird cyber people, (laughs) grungy punks and like sideshow for me was a huge thing. Like, uh, yeah, I consider myself a clown. I am a clown. I was raised by clowns. Like (laughs) in my performance world, if you're circus or you're a dancer or things like that, for me, it's about the, the combination of things and being a 
combining everything that makes you you and expressing that through your style versus you know what's trendy or what's popular or what's whatever it's like I love some things that are popular but I love it because it resonates with me not like to chase likes but it's like oh I like this trend because it's cool and it inspires me and I think I do see a trend of people experimenting and trying their more authentic selves and I think that's awesome that's probably my favorite favorite trend that I've seen so far. So, All right. That's all the questions that we have for you today, Toshi. Thank you so much for sitting down with us and having this conversation about your signature makeup style and makeup and J fashion. It's something that we've had written down on our list of topics to cover for a while. (laughs) We just never knew like who to go to. And so I'm really glad that we're like, oh, duh, Toshi. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. Of course. Yeah. Where can we find you? Like if someone, if this is their first time uh, discovering you, where can they go to find or follow you? If you don't already follow me on Instagram, that's probably a good place. Um, So my username is Dolphy, D-O-L-L-F-I-L-L-E. It's actually a play on the Japanese brand of dolls, which is called Dolphy, but spelled differently. Fee means girl in French. So I'm doll girl, Dolphy. Mm. So my Instagram, which is Dolphy, Facebook.com slash Dolphy is my like page or just Toshi Salvino. Facebook and Instagram are really mostly where I'm active. I just kind of want to be a real person. I don't really want to be an internet persona type of thing. So those are the best ways to reach me. Um, I'm trying to post at which conventions I'll be at. Yeah, I go to a lot of conventions all over the place. I travel a lot. So just keep up with what I'm posting. I'm going to try and have that be <laughs> more advertised. Shoot me a message. I'm I'm pretty good at responding. Buy some of your enamel pins. Oh, yeah. If you want, <laughs> um, my online shop is um, dolphy.bigcartel.com. Um, I did recently start coming out with enamel pins, and I'm uh, literally, after this, going to work on my eyelash line that I'm starting. Oh, yes. What? (laughs) Yeah, I'm so excited. Um, They're going to be fucking six centimeters long. (laughs) Wow. I want. Stupid long. Yeah. Hopefully, I'm launching that in like a next week hopefully yeah um if i get all my fucking homework done for it (laughs) oh my god i'm so excited please blast that shit i think i need like almost five thousand dollars to do it but wow i think it'll be good and i think it'll fill a niche yeah rad awesome thank you so much thank you all right and with that this has been okay podcast my name is hayden my name's kamila and my name's Toshi. <laughs> You're like the first one who's like gotten like right on it. <laughs> now I'm like into like cute mode. I'm like, woo. <laughs> we will see you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.